Welcome to the sermon podcast for New Life Church's Cabot Campus. We are located at 3400 West Main Street in Cabot, Arkansas. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. To find more information about what we believe, upcoming events, and more, please visit newlifechurch.tv or you can text the word Cabot to 88,000. If you got your Bibles, Bible apps, Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter four. That's gonna be a primary text. So I'm gonna kind of go around to a few different places. Later on in the service, like I mentioned, um, we're gonna worship some more and we're going to put into practice what I wanna talk about this morning. Maybe the number one question that I get as a pastor is how do I know God's will for my life? What is God's will for my life? Uh, the second most asked question is how do I hear the voice of God? Well, the obvious thing is this, if you can figure out the number two question, the number one question is gonna be answered too. If you can learn how to hear the voice of God for you, what that looks like, the rhythms of that, then you're gonna have a lot more clarity as to the purpose, the will, around your calling, around your giftings, all those things will come into focus. When it comes to what it is to be a Christian, Hearing the voice of God is probably one of the most things. Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. And it's God through his spirit that gives us that ability. It says in Job 33, for God speaks again and again in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men and they lie in their beds. He opens their ears in times like that and gives them wisdom and instruction. Okay, now it's important to, to note this because some of you are like, awesome, as long as I just keep sleeping, God's gonna talk to me. <laughs> that's not what that's saying because it's saying in times like this and what it means by times like this, it's when you remove the noise. It's when you get focused, you get quiet before the Lord and you make it the, po- the purpose and focus that you're gonna lean in and you're gonna wait and you're gonna abide you're gonna pursue him until he speaks. And then when you do that, it says he'll give you wisdom, instruction, and it causes them to change their minds and keeping them from pride and warning them of the penalties of sin and keeping them from falling into some trap. The question isn't, is God talking? God is a talker. The question is, are we tuned into it? Are we on the right frequency and channel? Uh, I have had to come to a place in my life where I realize that I have a bit of a weakness. And one of those weaknesses, I have multiple weaknesses, but one of them is I'm not as good at looking for things as I would like to pretend that I am. And the truth is, this is a fact for almost all the men in this place. Men are not good at looking for stuff. Women have, actually, scientifically speaking, don't be elbowing your man right now or staring at them or anything like that. We're willing to admit that we have one weakness, okay, okay? And, and, and so here's the thing. Women have better peripheral vision. They just do. Like physically, they have better peripheral vision. That's why women are in less accidents where they're sideswiped than men. Men are just like, I can see in front of me, but they're not always looking around them, okay? And where this probably manifests uh, most frequently and strongest in most of our lives is when we are looking for something in the fridge. Because when we go to look for something in the fridge, 
I wind up kind of looking like a home plate umpire. Like, I'm scanning. I'm like, I'm almost certain that we had this. And so a lot of you can relate to this. And if you if you haven't related to this, it's not that it didn't happen. It's just that at one point or another, the man just got tired of looking and didn't ask for help and just closed the refrigerator and moved on with their life. But he still had this problem where I'll be looking and it's like, Cody, where's the relish? I can't see the relish. And in her sweet, compassionate, gracious, patient voice, it's in the refrigerator. No, it's not. I'm standing right in front of the refrigerator. I'm looking. It's not here. And that's a dumb thing to say. Because it sets me up. Because then I can hear her walking from across the house. I don't always hear my wife walking unless I'm about to be embarrassed. Then I can hear her walking. And typically she just walks right up, reaches right in, grabs a relish and hands it to me. There it is, sweetie. She never calls me sweetie. Uh, And it's embarrassing. To me, that is a lot like witchcraft though, because (laughs) I I really don't, most of the time, don't believe it was actually there. Like, I think she just like, that voodoo that she does, like comes up and like, just like makes it appear. I'm like, okay, we're gonna get that cast out in Jesus name. (laughs) But the truth is the same can be true when it comes to our walk with Christ, where the things that he wants to do are right in front of us. He's put them there, but we don't have the vision to see them. We're looking all around. There's so many different things that'll catch our eye, except for the very thing that a lot of times we're looking for that he's put right there. And his Holy Spirit wants to come and reveal that thing, but you have to be willing to say, I don't see it. Help me see it. The truth is, hearing his voice is not on God, it's on me. God always wants to talk. If I'm not hearing him, it's on me. Now, I know we all would love to be in a place just like, no, if God really wanted to talk, he would audibly come and get my attention. Trust me, you don't wanna get to a place in life where God has to do that. You don't wanna get in that place. But the word says that he speaks in a gentle whisper. Why? Because he knows you're gonna have to get close to him to hear him. And he wants you close to him. You gotta be close to him if you're gonna hear how he talks. The problem is we have problems just on a human level with communication. Can we agree with that? Uh, We live in this digital era. We we have people now that don't even know how to have a conversation. We, We have people that don't know how to look somebody in the eye. They don't know how to, because everything is happening digitally. So if we're having an issue just on a human level with communication, imagine what it's producing on a spiritual level. Imagine the disconnect that's happening there. Our attention span is 10 times shorter than it was in 1980. In 1980, a kid could focus on something for 29 minutes solid. Today, I think primarily because of this thing, that's down to two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes. That's kind of scary. We actually change our thoughts every eight seconds. That's usually about how long. 
it's a scientific fact that goldfish have a longer attention span than most humans. Goldfish, people. We're getting beat by goldfish. As your pastor, I want you to hear from God. Trust me, it makes my job so much easier when you're able to hear from God. Now, I want you to know, I'm not talking about you being some goofy weirdo. And you know who I'm talking about. Like, well, I just wasn't sure where I was gonna eat lunch today, you know, and but then the Lord just spoke to me clearly and told me where I was supposed to go to lunch. And he tells them where to buy their car and he tells them where to get a haircut and he tells them where to do all this stuff. Okay, we get it. You're very, very spiritual. Okay, that's great. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about hearing his voice for your life, for those decisions. Because at one point or another, your job is gonna shift and you're gonna need a word from the Lord. If you're single, wanna get married, or you're looking at getting remarried, maybe even more important, you're gonna need to hear from God. If you're buying a house, moving to another city, you're gonna need a word from the Lord. If you own a teenager or two, every day you are like, oh God, almighty creator of the universe, please speak to me. Help me, God. We're about to have three teenagers in my house. Three, three. Do you know, that is so many hormones. You've got to hear from God. The key to real success in your life, real success, not how the world defines it, but how God defines it, to having clear direction, clarity, to being fruitful, eternally fruitful, to knowing that you are a child of God. One of the greatest things the enemy uses against us is an identity crisis. And if you're going to know, have full confidence, what God says about you, that you belong to him, you're gonna have to hear from him. Nobody else can give you that confidence. I don't care how many times I say the truth until you have a personal revelation of that truth from God, it's not gonna land anywhere. You've gotta hear from him. Jesus elevated this word. He actually said, if you don't get this, you get nothing else in the kingdom of God. Well, that makes sense. If you can't hear from God, if, the, if his word can't hit your heart, then you're gonna be missing out on, on everything else. So here's the thing. You may have struggled in the past hearing anything from God. That's okay. That's okay. And you may feel like, like you're coming late to the party on this one. That's okay. Yes, the early bird gets the worm, but it's the second mouse that gets to eat the cheese. And so you may have a testimony, but you can still get this. You can still get this. So take some notes, open your heart. Jesus told this story in Mark chapter four. He said it in, in Luke chapter eight, a different account. Uh, I'm gonna look at Mark chapter four primary. It's a parable of a sower who goes in to sow seed in a field. And he scatters the seed over different types of soil. In the Middle East at that time, in many parts around the world, uh, they didn't go and dig specific holes and plant seed. There wasn't rows of crops, that type of thing. They did primarily what's called broadcasting, where they go into a seed that was, or into a field, hopefully most of it was prepared, rocks removed, the soil turned up, and they would just broadcast seed. But obviously, 
just because they're trying to broadcast seed into soil that's ready, there are seeds that are falling in other places where the soil is not prepared, not ready. And that's the whole parable here. But what Jesus says is there is a soil that can always receive the seed. And when it does, it will always produce fruit. It'll produce a harvest. And a lot of times when people read this, they misinterpret to say these are different types of people, that these soils represent different types of people, and that's not the case. These represent different types of attitudes, and all of us have had every one of these attitudes. At one point or another, all of us have been in a season where our hearts have represented every one of these types of ground, every one of these types of soils, okay? How do you see and hear what God is saying? First, I must soften my heart. So going to our main text, chapter four, verse three, it says, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he scattered the seed, some fell among the path and the birds, specifically ravens, which always represented something evil, came and ate it up. Jesus goes on in verse 14 to explain what he meant by this. The farmer sows the word. Some people are like the seed along the path where the word is sown, but as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes it away, takes away the word that is sown in them. Your life is like a container and you've got to take the lid off and only you can do that. But once you do that, things will start clicking in your life. That's why Jesus said for us to come to him like a little child. What does that mean? Well, child, children have big faith and open hearts. That's one of the things that was so fun about being a kid's pastor because they were just open. They had childlike faith, okay? What does childlike faith mean? It doesn't mean that you're gullible. It just means that you haven't filled this with so much other junk that you can't have faith to believe that God can do anything. And that's what he's saying. He's saying like, if, if, unless you can come to me with an openness, with faith, that what you're coming to me about, that I can actually do something, then even if I did give you something that is good, the seed is perfect. The seed is from God. The soil's too hard to receive it. It can't receive it. When my kids are little, when my kids are little, they were, they were innocent, so you, you could tell them almost anything and they believe you, right? Which is why you also have to be careful with the things that you tell them because they'll just take it as truth. I had a friend who constantly was telling his son like, hey, I'm so strong, I'm so bad at the bone, I could take down a bear. Okay, well, this kid believed that. So years later, it's fine for them to believe that until they went to Montana where there's a lot of bears. And so they're out one day and they see a bear and there's some other people there and they're all looking at this bear. The, 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 usually a bear is just gonna leave you alone, but this bear had cubs, okay? A mama bear with her cubs is one of the most dangerous situations that you can be in, okay? Most people knew that. So they started walking and then running away from the area to get away, but not my friend's son. My friend's son is just standing there and he's like, buddy, we gotta go. He's like, dad, we don't have to go. You can take down that bear. 
you can take down that bear. You told me you can take down a bear. When <laughs> Kay's like, son, I lied. <laughs> we we, we, we got to go. And thankfully, they were safe because there's a lot of other slower people there, which, you know, I think it's important that you always, you know, you don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun other people, okay? And, and, and thankfully, they're quick. And so I'm joking. Everybody was fine, okay? But the point is this. One word can go into someone's heart. Some of you are living a lie today because of one word that was spoken into you as a kid. And the Lord wants to deal with that word. Because it's, it's held you captive. You haven't been able to live the full potential and calling that God has for you because somebody said something to you at one point or another and you let that word in and it has superseded God's word for your life ever since. And he wants to bring healing and deliverance in that. He'd love to do it today. I've got to want to hear from God. Like to be eager, to have anticipation, to be receptive. If I'm gonna hear from God. There's two characteristics to a footpath. One, it's hardened because of traffic and it's narrow. Not just tough soil, it becomes like concrete. Growing up and riding horses and helping friends work with cattle and stuff like that. Like you, we had, you know, being in Colorado, a lot of times the fields and stuff, they had mountains and hills and stuff around them. And you, you could be after a rainstorm or something like that and it would just be a mess. It'd just be a mud hole. But if you could find one of the paths that the cows would always use, it didn't matter if it had been raining a week, you could get on one of those paths because of how hard the ground was on those paths like concrete. Do you know anybody like that? Closed-minded, narrow-minded, hard-hearted, not open to God? With that kind of heart, God's word can't take root. It's just gonna be on the surface. I see people like that all the time. In some respects, it's like their innocence has been stolen. And, and the, the most heartbreaking thing about it is the supernatural things of God, the things of the spirit, his gifts, they can't be received with that kind of heart because that kind of heart's already decided what they're gonna be and what they're gonna do no matter what God says. So that kind of a hardened heart, where does it come from? What closes that lid? My experience is primarily unforgiveness, there's bitterness somewhere there or anger or just pride. Like they know better. Hosea 10, 12 says this, plant the good seed of righteousness and will reap a crop of my love. Plow the hard ground of your hearts for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower salvation upon you. It's humility that plows up a hardened heart. If you're being willing to confess, being transparent, being real. For me, when my heart has gotten into this portion, when my heart has had this kind of soil, and it has at different points in my life, worship and praying in the spirit is what plows up the hardness of my heart for me. It's what softens things again. Why worship? Well, a lot of times the reason why I've gotten in a place of a hard heart is I've taken Jesus off the throne of my life. And I've put something else there or put myself up there where he belongs. And worship 
reminds you with the confession of your mouth and the position of your heart to say, no, Jesus is gonna get put back on the throne of my life. And in that humility, it begins to soften my heart again so I can hear and receive from God. In 2 Kings chapter three, the prophet Elisha was asked, he was brought before the king and the king asked him to prophesy. The problem was Elisha was in a bad mood and he knew it. And he knew that he couldn't hear from God or prophesy in the mood that he was in. So you know what he did? On the spot, he calls in, he says, no, I can't prophesy. Bring a harp, bring a lyre. I'm thankful that we're not still worshiping to harp music. Like personally, I'm glad that, you know, we got some other stuff going on. But the point is this, Elisha said, I'm gonna have to worship first. And he worshiped and then God gave him the word and he prophesied. You begin doing that. You begin try, making it a priority. Like I'm going to worship. I'm gonna get connected to his spirit. You'll be able to hear better too. Number two, I must plan time to focus. Going on in verse five, it says, some fell in rocky places where it had, did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. They withered because they had no root. Jesus explained it in verse 16. Others like seeds sown on the rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. Then when trouble or persecution or your morning commute or somebody at Walmart or one of your kids or even your spouse does something you don't like, when those things come along, they quickly fall away. So just as a hardened path represents a closed mind, the shallow heart, the shallow soil represents a superficial mind. And this is the person who comes to church and say, this is great, I love this, praise God, amen. But it's just emotionalism. There's no depth there. It's a surface response, but it never penetrates below that surface. This is why every one of us must have a personal time in the word and in his presence outside of Sunday preaching. Every one of us. For me, I've definitely had seasons where I didn't have a strong devotional life. Even as a pastor, it's not always easy to keep it consistent. But I know the value of it. For me personally, uh, I get very selfish in that. Most of the time, my devotional time, I don't spend it trying to get from God so I can give to you. I just get it because I need something from God. But usually I'm just up 40 minutes before our kids are up because once the kids are up, Devotion time's done. But I'm up early. Usually Cody's up just a little bit before me, which I'm thankful for that because it means she's got the coffee going. And I'll go and get a coffee cup, put a little bit of honey and cinnamon in my coffee. We have a room we call the sun room. Really, it's just a room with a bunch of windows. It's where Cody has most of her plants. So it's kind of cool in the wintertime. It feels like you're still in a jungle, even though you're inside. And I'll go and sit usually in the same chair and I'll have my Bible app, I'll have a Bible, I'll have a devotional, but usually I'll just sit. And the first thing I'll do is I'll spend the first few minutes just sitting, listening, opening my heart, 
before I open his word, before I do anything, I, I try to make sure that my agenda is not in the way of whatever he wants to do. And I just listen and I'll spend time. And it is hard sometimes. I don't hear from God any better than any of you. I should rephrase that. I don't have the ability to hear from God any better than any of you. It can be just as hard. I know some of you think, man, a pastor, man, must be like that scene in Bambi where the beam of light comes down from the sky and the pastor's under it. And he's like, kneel. And God just speaks to him like a dove comes and lands on my shoulder and whispers sweet nothings into my ear about God's plan and purpose. It's hard sometimes. I have to push through. I stay consistent. I just stay consistent. Sometimes it's one word. Sometimes it's more. Sometimes it's just peace. But God always shows up. We have to make the decision that this is gonna be a priority. Last summer, we went on a long road trip and uh, we went to New York City. Not one of my favorite places to go, but we went by the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, I love a lot of the landmarks. I love the history around it. And uh, so it's a pretty, pretty amazing pretty amazing bridge. It was built, designed back in 1888 or 89, I believe, or no, 68, 1868. And then they didn't finish it until 1883. Okay. And it's over 6,000 feet long. It's just, it's, it's amazing. And it connects Brooklyn to Manhattan. And when they originally started building it, the Brooklyn side, in order to establish the foundation to start on that side, they had to dig through granite, okay? So that side was difficult. The other side, Manhattan, they didn't realize it, but the place that they wanted it to land, as they began to dig, they realized that what they uncovered was 100 years of trash and human waste was on the Manhattan side. I don't know if that's prophetic or not, but it is what it is. And, and it was so bad, so gross, so disgusting, that people just kept quitting because it just, it was so disgusting trying to dig through all this stuff. And they had to dig through all that until they got down to the bedrock where they could establish the foundation of that side. And this a lot of times is what it's like when we commit ourselves to our time with the Lord, because at one point or another, it's gotta go past our emotions. We have to dig through years of garbage sometimes. We have to dig through bad thinking, sin, filth, and let the Lord renew all that mess until the word hits the bedrock of our personality and begins to change who we are from the inside out. But we gotta be willing to dig. We gotta get through it. Number three, I must remove things that choke. This is where our minds are just crowded. And here's the thing, they can be crowded with good things. It's not always bad things. It can be good things. But a lot of times it's the worry, it's the riches and pleasure of life that choke out what God is trying to do. And when that happened, God is speaking, but he's getting a busy signal. 
Nothing's getting through. Verse seven, other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. His explanation, verse 20, still others like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the seedfulness of wealth and the desires of other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Here's a very theological question for you. How much effort does it take to grow weeds? Not weed, weeds. Weeds. The answer is no effort at all. No effort at all. Just go to my backyard right now. I can show you exactly what I'm talking about. It has taken me absolutely no effort, plenty of weeds. The only difference between growing a plant and growing weeds is neglect. That's the difference. A plant takes cultivation, fertilizer, labor to trim it, water it, do all those things and it can still die. When I start neglecting my time with God, being connected in biblical community, with a life group, worship, prayer, Bible study, weeds start growing. I don't care who you are, this is gonna be the case. The cares of the world or the pleasures to escape the cares and worries of the world will begin to escalate, they will populate my mind and take over. The weeds are going to choke out the word of God in me and it's gonna choke the joy and peace out of me. It'll happen. And here's the thing, only you can pull those weeds up. And again, it's not always bad things. It can be good things that have completely consumed your life to where there's no room for the God things. There's no room for him to speak. It's choked your schedule. It's choked your brain, your, your brain power, your bandwidth to where there's no place. Even if there was something good there, even if, even if you were well-established and had a routine and all this, when you start getting busy is usually the issue. It'll choke it out. It'll remove your joy, remove your peace. Get along with God and say, I'm gonna focus on you and what you have to say. And I'm gonna let the gentleness of the conviction of the Holy Spirit reveal things that I need to uproot. I need to rip them out of there from the root up. A few days ago, our oldest daughter came in London and she said, hey, my car, my, my sound is not coming through super clear in my speakers. She has an older car um, that has a CD player we don't own any CDs anymore. And, uh, and it's got an AM, FM radio. And so we got her one of those transmitters that you can connect your Bluetooth to, okay? Um, but, you know, the youngins, the youths these days don't always know how to work those things, right? And so we explained to her, it's like, baby girl, you gotta find a radio station that is all static, right? You gotta find it, if the, the more static on it, that's the radio station you wanna use. Because as long as there's any other signal coming in, it's going to interfere with the signal you want to go through. So find that, okay? And then it'll help. But then we start reminiscing about, you know what? There's just nothing like the tape adapter, right? Like, like, like the tape adapter was first and, the, and, and so then this tech, new technology came out and we're like, oh, this is cool because there's no wire. But it was, you could never find a good signal. You're just constantly switching it. It was so frustrating. 
And I, I love those days. You take the tape adapter, you hook it up to your Sony Discman. If you were really fancy, it had skip protection, right? Because none of us were rich enough to get the in-dash CD players. Like the only rich people had those. And you remember what it was like. We had a book of CDs that was larger than a library dictionary. And there were 200 CDs in that baby. It weighed 65 pounds. And we would drive down the road with that book in our laps. Like every page weighed 10 pounds. While looking at our map quest, Have grace when you get onto your kids about texting and driving people. <laughs> the way we used to drive was 10 times more dangerous <laughs> these, than these days. The point was, it's like, man, being hardwired into what we needed and wanted to hear, there was nothing like that. It's the same in your life. Your Bluetooth, okay, just for the analogy, that, that signal, that can be how the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. But the fact of the matter is, even though the Holy Spirit wants to speak, it's easy for your channels to get off to where there's other signals coming in that won't make it very clear exactly what the Holy Spirit is saying. And sometimes that's just your inherent flesh. That's just your sinful nature that sometimes gets in the way of you hearing from the Holy Spirit clearly and directly. That tape adapter is like you getting connected to the word of God. When you get hardwired into the word of God, even when those times when culture, your own flesh or other people are trying to give you a signal that is not directly from God, you don't have to worry about it because you can go right to the source. You can go and hear the truth for yourself. And there's gonna be times in order for you to root out the things that could be choking you, you need to use this as your standard and nothing else. This is the ultimate irrefutable truth. And you've gotta go to it. Number four, I must value his voice. I must value his voice. Verse eight, still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop. Some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. And Jesus explains it. Others like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Um, and, and the point of those different numbers and different amounts is not that you compare what you produce to someone else. God has assigned you to produce. That is the point. You don't need to compare whether or not you're producing as much as anyone else. You just need to be faithful with what the fruit that God has called you, gifted you, and purposed you to produce. But the fact of the matter is, he's called you to produce. The great thing is the dirt doesn't worry about producing. The dirt just has to be ready to receive. You don't have to worry about, if you are in a position of receiving, you can trust the Holy Spirit to bring the harvest. He'll bring the things. He'll show you. He'll make it very clear. What if before we worship, before we read his word or before we pray, we just said this, God, whatever you tell me to do today, I'm going to do it. That attitude of obedience and submission. I do this sometimes with Cody, my wife. I, I, I just make the decision. Sometimes it's when I'm coming home. 
I'm getting ready to come in the house. I'll just make the decision, even though I'm tired or whatever, I'll just make the decision. If Cody asked me to do anything, I'm gonna do it. If Cody asked me to do anything, I wanna do it. I wanna be in a position. If she asked me to do anything, she's pretty gracious. She knows that if I had a long day and she doesn't normally, but there are times it's like, okay, she's getting ready to ask me to do something. I can make an excuse. I could say something, but I'm just going to say yes. And when you do that, it always strengthens relationship. It brings more unity. Here's what it would sound like with God. God, whatever you show me, I'll obey it. Imagine if you and your family prayed that prayer every time you pulled into the parking lot of this place. Every time you came to read his word, you said, God, whatever you tell us today, we're gonna be obedient. We're gonna do it. We would see his kingdom come and his will be done in our life as it is in heaven. Uh, it would accomplish a lot if we put ourselves in that place. The most important thing, you're not gonna find your identity. You're not gonna find any kind of confidence, any kind of joy or peace outside of hearing it from God. Me speaking that truth and speaking that encouragement to you it's, it, will, it won't last that long. You don't wanna have shallow soil. You come and hear a word at church, you come and, and sing a few worship songs and you're like, oh man, I really needed that. I'm, I'm recharged. And then by Monday morning around 9.30, the Holy Spirit's like, flowing out of your life because there wasn't a personal revelation of what he was speaking to you. He wants to speak. He's always speaking. Are you positioned to listen? Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. Here in a second, we're gonna, we're gonna have an opportunity to practice what I've been talking about. But there might be even a couple people, even one person in here that right now you recognize, hey, I... I know I've really never heard from God, but the reason why I've never heard from God is because I've never been surrendered to him. I've never laid my life down. There might even be someone that you've done the church thing your whole life. You've, you've heard thousands of sermons, but it's all been religion. It's never been about personal relationship. And if you're here and you recognize that you're away from the Lord because you've never surrendered to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I wanna give you an opportunity to respond to him. You'll know it in your heart. You're gonna have to just be bold and obedient. And I'm gonna ask if that's you, I wanna pray with you and for you. Please put your hand up right now across this room. I need to call on Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm away from him. I know it. As soon as I see your hand, you can put it down. I'm not gonna... Try to embarrass you or anything like that. You just be willing to admit it. I'm away from Jesus and I need him. Thank you. Anyone else? Got it. Thank you. Got you. Thank you. Yes. Anyone else? I need.
your Savior. Got you, dude. Anyone else? Got it. Got it. Anyone else? Yes, sir. that you know sometimes it's this time it, it's it's like a great picture of that analogy of the soil <laughs> sometimes the Holy Spirit's working right there in that moment in your chair but your heart's been hard for a bit <laughs> and so it just takes you a couple moments and that's why I never rush this the Holy Spirit he does his thing point or another, we have to move on, but I don't want to rush this because I know sometimes it's tough to just to be in that place where you just admit it. You just confess it. Is there anyone else? I need to admit it. Got you, dude. Come on. Minister to that man, Father God, right there. Touch him, Holy Spirit. Encourage him. Speak to him. Anyone else? Thank you. Got it. Anyone else? Okay. Got it. I see you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else?
So I just want to stay in, in a reverent and worship mindset. But the team, we're going to go through a couple of songs. Is it possible to just do breathe and then the last one? Is that possible? Okay. We're going to worship for a little bit. And this is what I want you to do. Uh, especially during this first song, I just want you to really tune in and ask God to speak to you. So you may just stay seated. You may just sit there because that's going to be the best way for you to focus. You, you may stand. Uh, I would encourage you not to go straight to singing with the team. Where maybe sometimes you're just so busy doing. You're so busy doing that you can't hear. but maybe you need to worship because some of you need to declare with your mouth that Jesus is on the throne of your heart. You need to walk through that humility. You need to soften. Some of you, the Lord showed me this earlier, that unforgiveness piece, that's the reason why your heart is hard and you have unforgiveness towards someone in this room. And the Holy Spirit is telling you, you need to go and forgive you need to go and forgive them. Like even now, even, even during this time, you need to go and forgive them. If you will do that, then he will open up your heart to receive from him in ways you never thought possible. But if you can't extend the grace that you've been given, it's gonna be very difficult for you to receive from God. If you need to confess something, got habitual sin, you've got something going on, you need to confess. Our prayer team's down here. Or maybe you just need somebody to pray with you. Like you've got faith, but you need somebody to believe with you for something. Financial, relation, whatever it is, our prayer team's down here. So even if somebody's sitting in your row, you just get their attention, you scoot past them. Make sure that we're aware of that. If somebody needs to get past you, let's be aware of that. But I just want to spend some time focus and ask God to speak to us.